Hey everyone, welcome to Seth Rudetsky's Back to School. This week I have the hilarious Sydney Washington, and I always like to begin my podcast with a high school story. And once in a while I'll tell someone else's, like, you know, remember I told my sister Nancy's story with the French class? Is that so non-net? Anywho, this one is about my pal Audrey McDonald, who I've known forever, not since high school. Actually, really, we met when she was still in college, so kind of right after right after college for me while she was still in college. But my point is, I love this high school story from Audra. When she was younger, Audra has ADD like I do. And she was, you know, hyper as a kid. And her grandmother would say to her, careful, Audra, if you keep laughing, your tickle box will turn upside down. And then I think it was like, and if your tickle box turns upside down, like you'll never laugh again. I don't even know what. It was sort of like, you know, if you cross your eyes, I'll stay in that position. But Audra was always petrified that if she laughed too much, her quote unquote tickle box would turn upside down. And she'd always thought that way till she was literally in high school in biology. So she's now like 16 years old. They're going through anatomy. And she said she literally raised her hand when they were going through all the different organs. And she was like, uh, excuse me, um, like where, where, where is the tickle box? And her teacher was like, what? And I was like, the tickle box. Uh, where is it in the body? And as she was saying it and people started laughing, she was like, oh my God. Like she did not know until that point Oh my God, there's no such thing. Isn't it literally in the middle of class and she's like a junior and I love the haughtiness. Oh, excuse me, um, uh, where is the tickle box? <laughs> anyway, enjoy Seth Rudetsky's Back to School. Dreading morning classes. Stealing bathroom passes. Football. Drivers and SATs. Bullies that attack me. Why do I have back knees? Jock straps. Training bras. Frenemies. We remember back then. It's like freshman year again. Ready, steady, now you're in it. Pencil stop this any minute. Zach Rudetsky's back to school in... Sydney, Washington. Now! Hey everyone, it's Seth Rudetsky on Seth Rudetsky's Back to School. Sydney, Washington is a hilarious comedian, actress. You may know her from her solo show, Death of a Bottle Girl. She also hosts the podcast, The Unofficial Expert. Please welcome Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Hello, Seth. Okay, first things first, the cool spelling of your name. What's that about? Okay, fun fact. My mother was like really big into gambling and like things of luck. And so she said, if you have an E at the end of your name, it's good luck. So she put two E's. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not really gambling. That's, and it's not really numerology. It's sort of like, what is it? Letterology? I don't know. I feel like she took a gamble because she could have just put a Y, but she was like two E's. I'll go with it. So from now on, my name is <laughs> Seth with an E at the end, a silent E. A silent um, E. <laughs> thank you. So I guess my first question is, I know you're from New York City, but where did you go to high school? Yep. I went to Heritage High School. I, well, I originally went to this school called uh, Physical City. That was for kids who needed some extra help. And I was one of them. And so uh, I had such a hard time in my first year that I had to leave immediately. So I transferred to Heritage High School because my best friend was there. So hold on, wait, you went to a school where they helped kids that were having trouble and it was actually too difficult for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But trouble academically or trouble acting out wise? Academically, but somehow people were acting out there as well. Oh, so you couldn't really focus on getting help academically because you were distracted by the craziness around you? Yes, and heritage, that sounds like code word for worship Jesus, was it? No, heritage meaning like cultural because it was in Spanish Harlem. So oh. yeah, so it was a lot of um, 
Black, Latinos, a lot of people who are in the community. Okay, so a little more information. So when you were in high school, what was your family situation? Mother, father, how many brothers, sisters? I had a mother. I had that. Father, no clue who he was. I have a brother, a sister, and a niece. In the same house. Okay, so it's complicated. Wow, this is so layered. We got time. Okay, so my niece lived with my grandmother. My sister did not have my niece. I'm not going to say specifics, but basically she could not take care of my niece anymore. Mm -hmm. Then my grandmother got too old and my mother had to start taking care of my niece. So Mm -hmm. it was me, my mother, and my niece in one bedroom. Oh, in one bedroom. You need to tell me that part. Yeah, one bedroom. What was the breakdown of who slept where? The breakdown was we had like a pullout couch. So my niece slept there and then I slept with my mom. Are we missing one person? My brother lived with my grandmother because he had to take care of her. Okay, so this is this is a complicated childhood. Where it is, it is. A lot of mature issues to deal with. So mm-hmm. no wonder you were maybe not doing so great in high school. Mm-hmm. So give me a typical high school morning. Was it just crazy scrambling in your house? Or was it like every morning we always had breakfast? No, I don't even think that's a real thing. That happens on Lifetime Channel. I don't yeah, I don't know. I love I it. Yeah, I don't know anyone <laughs> in New York that's like, we're sitting down to eat. Like when you go to New York, you have to learn that you grow up quickly. So when you're three, you're already navigating the train. So. <laughs> okay, sort of, but not really, but okay, I get it. <laughs> so when you would wake up, would you have breakfast in the house? Or would you be, I'm sort of like, I don't need to eat till two o'clock in the afternoon. What would you do? No, I have cereal. We have cereal, you know, Frosted Flakes, uh, Cheerios. We have that. But my famous breakfast was bacon, egg and cheese because you can't live in Harlem in New York City and have a bodega at every corner and not get a bacon, egg and cheese. And it's like $1.25. Yeah, so cheap. Okay, so once you were in school, I know you weren't doing well at first academically, but did you wind up being a good student? I did. I did because I was a bit of a nerd, actually. I, I had one of those suitcases for backpacks that you can pull. And I had every book, every single book was in there. And I would trip people in the subway with it. I mean, I just wanted to do like every extra curriculum activity possible. I loved my teachers. Like, yeah, I was doing well. So you wouldn't trip them on purpose. You were just dragging a giant ass backpack and people Mm -hmm. kept falling over it. Yep. Yeah, you're the type of person that drives me crazy in the subway. Just note, <laughs> note, note, bene. Okay, so while you were there, did you have a little circle of friends or, or did you flit around from group to group? I did. I had two groups. I had one was like, well, this wasn't a group. This was like a duo. Me and my best friend, Kawana. And uh, Kawana actually was Nala in The Lion King on Broadway. So she was pretty well known in our high school. She could sing. She was really pretty could dance, very talented. So that was my best friend. Everybody hated her. People could not stand her. I don't know why. Maybe because she could sing and was talented or whatever, but they did not like her. And then I had another group of friends, Nichelle, Letitia, and then there was like Gloria. I had like a couple of girls and those girls were really fun. And they were like the cafeteria girls. Like they always played spades. They had really good jokes, just the best. Speaking of jokes, were you considered, because you were a comedian, were you considered the class clown or were you shy those years? No, I was shy. Why are you not letting it rip some comedy? Uh, I just didn't know myself yet. I think I was trying to figure it out, you know, and especially living with my mom and my niece and everything that was going on. I think that I didn't really have 
time to figure myself out. I think I was very engulfed in family and then school. Okay, so what were you thinking when you were in high school? What were your goals? What were you thinking you were going to be when you were an adult? You know, I watched Clueless over and over and over again. And I was like, I just want to be rich. I just want to be so freaking rich. I wanted to be like Cher and Dion. And then when they made Clueless, like the TV series, I was like, I want to dress like them. So I was working towards being Cher and Dion, except not the generational wealth. So that's what I thought. I thought I was going to save enough money, all my allowance, and then that I was going to become those girls. If you wanted to be like clueless, like what were like the frilly things you would get for yourself to like pretend that you were rich? Okay, so my mother famously had a Bloomingdale's card, Bloomingdale's credit card, and she would splurge on me here and there. She's like, oh, I have points. Let's go to Bloomingdale's. And she would buy those suits, like the plaid, the tweed suits. And so I would wear that to school sometimes. Wait a minute, you'd wear a job interview outfit to school? (laughs) No, because it was different colors. Like there would be a pink one. There was like a white and black one. They were cooler than that. And I would wear knee high stockings. It was fun. Did you feel deprived? Did you feel, oh my God, I don't have money for blah, blah, blah. My mom made it work. She worked tons of hours. She did overtime. And whenever I wanted these overpriced sneakers, she would wait online. We'd have to go to Foot Locker at 7 a.m. and wait online for these sneakers that I would then go to school and people would be like, yeah, those look cool, but you're still a nerd. So whenever I needed something, my mom made it happen. Oh, wow. Okay. So it wasn't like you felt deprived. You just wanted to be super rich. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to be very, very rich and very, very cool. Okay, what was the coolest thing? Like, when do you think you were at your coolest in high school when people were finally like, she's dope? They were not saying Sydney's dope. (laughs) They were like, Sydney's nice. She's sweet. Like, I got sweet a lot. And there was a couple times where people thought that I was funny, but mm, I don't think I ever felt that cool in high school. I was good at being a friend and making friendships, but... Nobody was like, ooh, I want to be like Sydney. What do you think is a memory that kind of perfectly encapsulates who you were back then? I went to prom with my godbrother. That's exactly who the fuck I was. I was like, didn't have a date. And my mother was like, there's no way you're going by yourself. And I was like, it would make more sense for me to go by myself than go with my godbrother. She paid my godbrother to take me to prom. Wait, wait, it's two levels. One is going with the relative. The second one is literally having to pay that relative to be seen with you. Oh my God. And you knew that he was being paid? Yes. She was on the phone with my godmother. She's like, you know, Cindy doesn't have a date for the prom. And um, my godmother was like, well, let me show her how to get a date. And she's like, absolutely not. We see where you are right now, Alice. We're definitely not. She doesn't need your tips. She's like, what I do need is her godbrother. We need him for the night. She didn't want me to take pictures by myself. Oh. LOL, having to take pictures by myself anyway. <laughs> Wait, so he just showed up and then he was like, peace out? My godbrother was like, I'm not taking pictures with you. That's gay. And I was like, okay, oh. you don't even know what gay means. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, and yet- but he was a psychic because I ended up being gay anyway. So he knew. Well, he was a psychic or he was a witch. He put a curse on you. Yes. Or a blessing. <laughs> so wait, so speaking of being gay, did you have any, I know, you know, you're sort of a late bloomer, but did you secretly have any girl crushes in high school? No, I didn't. But I think that I always had like admiration for women. 
I was never a guy's girl. I didn't really have that many guys that were my friends. If I did, I had one. And people were like, oh, he's probably gay. But I really just, I had such a special bond with women. And that bond was, they turned me on. <laughs> but you didn't know it then. No, I didn't know. I, I mean, there, sometimes in my head, I was like, maybe I like her. Maybe this is more than friendship. But then I didn't realize that until I got much older. What do you think is the moment, is there a moment that maybe really changed you in high school that you can kind of think of as like there was a before and an after? I would say right before prom, I was kind of like coming into my own. Obviously, I was having sex, you know, I was, it wasn't like I was a virgin or anything like that, but I was kind of coming into my own, like I got my hair streaked a little bit, like got it dyed for prom. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then I was getting those chicken cutlets for my prom dress to make my boobs look like I had boobs because I had none. It was like my back in front of my front. Uh. And so I got that. I got my hair done. I got these like chicken cutlets. I was having sex. My friends were pretty cool at the time. So I was hanging out with them a lot. And so I think like graduation night, I hung out with my friends and I didn't come home. I didn't come home and I hung out with my friends and we drank and I was feeling just so cool. I hooked up with this guy named Cadell. He's no longer alive, RIP. But yeah, I was like, I'm doing whatever the hell I want. And my mom, we got in a big argument afterwards. I mean, I got toxic shock syndrome I think the toxic shock syndrome made me like who I am today. Wait a minute, but that's not related to having sex or being fierce. That's usually like related to tampons. Yes, I can't. <laughs> I stayed out all night with my friends. I didn't have sex with this guy, but we like were fooling around or whatever. And I just didn't take my tampon out. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't take my tampon out and I kept it. And then I finally came home and my face was all swollen. And my mother was like, you look a mess. You look like a chipmunk. And then I had a fever and she's like, well, I'm not taking you to the hospital. This is what you get for not coming home. And then my brother took me to the emergency room. Come to find out I had toxic shock syndrome and he found out why. He's like, oh, you're disgusting. Well, by the way, that's just because you hadn't come home. I don't think that is your fault at all. You're just having fun. And who wants to go to the bathroom and change your effing tampon? I know I don't. Wait, so. That's exactly how I was thinking, Seth. I was like, I'm not taking my tampon. I'm partying. I just finished high school. I'm living it up. And now why do you say that it made you who you are today? Because from now on, you religiously change your tampon. I always change my tampon, but also I don't give a damn. I do what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to let anybody make me do something that. I don't feel comfortable doing. And I didn't feel comfortable taking my tampon out or going home. Wait a minute. It changed you and that it made you even more annoying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be this like, and I learned my lesson to be responsible. Your lesson was I'm no. going to be- Oh. Okay, Sid, what's happening? What is responsible? <laughs> it's a word. It's not real. Okay, death is real. Death is almost, real. <laughs> you almost had it. I don't understand. What effing lesson did you learn? I mean- I was so scared of my mom for a long time. Like I was scared of getting in trouble. Oh, I see. And so that was my breaking point of like, I don't care, you know? Okay, so you're still living this rebellion, you're saying? Yes. That's where the rebellion began. Mm -hmm. So what's been part of that rebellion? So now, proud lesbian. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Ramona. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic, drug addict. So partied really hard in my 20s. I did what I wanted. But do you think all the addict stuff in your 20s was because of your repressed sexuality in high school? Yeah, because like I didn't do like the sleepover thing. I didn't really get to do what I wanted. I like I lived under my mom's roof. I did have sex in my house. I will not lie. When my mom would go to work, I'm like, yeah, boyfriend is coming over. Well, what would happen if she knew you had sex in high school in the house? I mean, she did. She found out because actually, wow. I Seth, you are getting so much tea from me. I just run my fucking mouth. This is crazy. I ended up getting pregnant right before going to college. She knew? She knew because my dumb ass got an abortion on her health insurance. She had Blue Cross Blue Shield, honey. You could get a new back on that. I was like, we got to use this. So you knew she was going to find out. No, I did not. I asked them, I said, does this come up as abortion? They said, no. And I said, oh, okay. Put it on the tab. And then they were like, they didn't tell me what it's going to say. It said anesthesiologist. Uh So when she hit me with the, why do I have an invoice for an anesthesiologist for $500? The fuck? And I was like, I don't know. And then she was like, did you get an abortion? And I was like, did you? Wait a minute. (laughs) A couple things. You're supposed to be a comedian. Where's your sense of improv? Yes, and. Your improv is, I don't know? I don't know. Because at first I was like, well, I didn't go to the doctor. That's what I was thinking. Oh, you really didn't know. Okay. Yeah. And then when she said, did you have an abortion? Literally, your comeback was, did you? Yes. (laughs) Yes, honey. Senior year of high school, it was like, Sydney is being reckless with a capital R. Oh my God. And when your mother found out, what happened then? She was pissed. She was so mad. She's like, all that I do for you, all that I do for you, you want to you wanna sit up there and have unprotected sex? Why? Why? And then you do it on my insurance? My job is going to see this. My job is going to mm. think that I, I had an abortion. And I was like, you're grown. It's fine. I mean, she was lying. Her job didn't, her job didn't know about this. It's fine. She was... She was just being dramatic. But were you having unprotected sex or did you just happen to get pregnant? No, I was having unprotected sex. Okay, so what the hell were you thinking? I was not thinking. I was young. Well, what was he thinking? He was not thinking at all. He was thinking he's doing whatever he wanted and then was going to break up with me before my prom. He's a bad guy. Oh, my God. So you, so for all your all the drama was at home, you had your own drama that you neglected to tell me. What do you mean, Seth? You know everything about me. <laughs> I had it. Took, you took literally me 20 minutes can write a book about me. We're 30 minutes in. You can write a book about Sydney B. Washington right now. What does the B stand for? Britain. Oh. Mm-hmm. B-R-I-T-T-O-N. Was that from your mom or did you add it yourself? <sighs> my mom, allegedly, my dad's middle name was Britain. And you never met your dad? No. In high school, were you thinking about him? No, I was not. I think... I always grew up with abundance of like love, you know, like I grew up with my aunt and my two uncles and they, they loved me. They did, you know, they were very like, they were senior citizens and the way they love is a lot different from like younger people, but I always had food. I was driven around all the time. You know, I got toys. I had like two big wheels. I had a bicycle. I skated. I, I did, I did everything that a kid was supposed to do at my age. I even burned my house down. So like tons of love. Okay, wait, what? Go back. <laughs> I can't. What did you do? I accidentally burned my house down when I was 11. 
What were you, what, was your second pack of cigarettes or something you're going to tell me? No, no. It was, I used to burn hair. Come on. I wasn't the only one that was burning hair. Just to smell it? No, it was just like, that was the only thing that I could burn at the time. And it just built up my resilience of becoming a pyro. And then I was like, I'm tired of burning hair. And so I had this plastic cigarette (gasps) and I lit it. And what happens to plastic? It melts. It melts it into a bag of newspapers. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Where? Wait, how did you get everybody out of the damn house? Well, I had this little cup of water and I kept going back to the bathroom to the front of the house to put this fire out. It took 12 tries to realize, hey, yeah, I'm not putting this fire out. So I had to go to the back of the house and I was like, uh, oh, ah, cut. Oh, look, 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 look. And then they they move their head slightly and they saw the whole front of the house was on fire oh my god mm-hmm. it was anybody hurt no but there was 40 minutes where we thought my uncle papa was dead there was 40 minutes where you thought he died from the fire you caused yeah because he wasn't we didn't see him in the front but he it was just like at another he was at our neighbors like across the way he was like trying to <laughs> get his breath together you know he was just trying to take a moment did you admit what had happened or is this the first reveal as usual on this podcast? No, 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 no. I have a whole solo show about this, too. It's called How to Start a Fire. Well, you certainly know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for This or That. In this segment, I make my guests choose between two pop culture sensations from their high school years. Were you Mariah or Beyonce? Who are you more obsessed with? Ooh, that's a hard one because Mariah and Beyonce at the time were popping. Mariah had so many albums and then Beyonce had Dangerously in Love. I, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, Mariah. I was a Mariah, Mariah girl. Well, then in terms of Mariah, were you Vision of Love or were you Emotions? Emotions. Me too. What about that MTV Unplugged? Do you remember that? So freaking good. I mean, I feel bad for the kids nowadays. They just they don't really have people who have like talent, like just just raw talent. They have like studio voices. They got like a lot of beats. It's a lot of collabs. It's it's all hype. Like me when I was oof, I, I bought CDs. I bought CDs because the music was that good. There were real instruments being played in the studio. Not all this like, you know, producer stuff. Yeah. Don't get me started. I'm older than you. I know, you. I, know I know, I know. <laughs> Please. I'm old. I'm Whitney Houston. Were you um, P. Diddy slash Puff Daddy or Eminem? P. Diddy. Why not Angry, Angry Eminem? Mm, no, 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 no. Diddy had like stuff that you could like, not only you could dance, but you could sing. The Puff Daddy family, like the roster that he had, like not only was Diddy just doing great, there was like Faith Evans, there was Carl Thomas, there was G. Depp. There's so many people that, I mean, you had a variety of things to listen to. The homish pocha, as my people say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, were you Shrek or Finding Nemo, animated film-wise? Finding Nemo. Why not Shrek? So funny, Mike Myers. Yeah, but it was something about that little fish with the weird fin. Come on. Mm, I think it was something about Ellen being a lesbian. Okay, all right, there we go. There it is. I didn't even know. See? <laughs> you have all the answers. I am now your therapist. Mm-hmm. American Idol wise, were you Team Kelly or Team Justin Guarini? Kelly. I know, but 
Justin was so cute with that giant hair. I know, but Kelly Clarkson, I actually met her when I was working at the Soho Grand and <gasps> she's really the sweetest person. I love her so, so nice. Much. She was very nice. She came, she was like in the lounge like several days in a row. <gasps> nice, nice, nice. She would sit there all night just like talking to the staff and her brother. She's just not, oh, beautiful woman. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Now, Moulin Rouge, Boulevard Fouquet, were you Team Christina, Pink, Maya, or Missy Misdemeanor? Missy. Missy. Oh, but come on. What pink do you mean? sounds amazing. Because Pink really sings your face off. Missy's just like misdemeanor, y'all. Yes. All right. That's the person who's hyping up the whole song. You uh, need that person. You need that person to just like is the baton, just throwing, making sure that passing the torch along to everybody. Literally, we were just talking about people had voices and talent, and you're literally saying that you're more Missy than Pink. Pink, who is singing her face off. Yeah, but Pink was problematic at the time. She's just like, I'm not like other girls. Okay, girl. Okay. okay. That is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, you got me. <laughs> this is High School Versus Now, where we find out how much my guest has changed since high school. You're with one of your mom's friends from work, and they say in passing that Ellen DeGeneres is going to hell because she came out. How would you have reacted when you were in high school? In high school, I would just be like, wow, yeah, I I guess so. Yeah, Ellen's going to hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you believed it or you didn't want to argue? I didn't want to argue. Because why? Because maybe secretly they find out about you or just adults are always right? No, I just, I was like, it's not confrontational. I said, yeah, that's what, if that's it, yeah, sure. Did that change? Oh, hell yeah. I'd be like, Ellen going to hell and so am I, baby. And I'm wearing a tank top too. Tank top and booty shorts. But I will be honest that one time I was in the airport, JFK, and I got there very early and I was there with my girlfriend. And there was this like West Indian older woman that reminded me of like my auntie. And she was making us bagels with cream cheese. And she was talking to us and she was just so sweet. And she's like, it's so good. You girls are going on a trip together. You guys have to stay together. You you know, the buddy system. And like, she didn't know that we were clearly together because mm. we weren't making out or holding hands or anything like that. But I let her think that we were friends so that she would put extra cream cheese on my bagel. Well, that's a means to an end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I support that, especially being Jewish. <laughs> yeah. This is a related question because there's more about confrontation amongst people you like. Let, let's say you're with one of your comedy friends, a group of them, and they all start making fun of the whole he slash him, his, and they're sort of making fun of, you know, having to put that in your bio because they think that it's full of shit. How would you react? I'd be like, what does that have to do with you? Your pronouns is your business and their pronouns is theirs and just respect it. It's fine. So you are more confrontational now. I mean, I'm just like, mind your business. Just mind, focus on your plate. I'm so tired of people making comments about other people's lives. It's like, your life must be so boring. You know, it's just like, find some business to focus on and stop worrying about everybody else's journey. Yeah, my friend calls it eyes in your own paper. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're in high school and your mom's church, they want people to be more religious. So they decide to have a teen comedy night. You audition as a teenager and you do not get picked as one of the comedians. How would you feel? Yeah, that makes sense. I was not that funny. 
I did a talent show in high school and my mom took off of work and she never took off of work. Like every time there was something at the school, she just couldn't come because she was working all the time. I begged, I begged, I made a big deal. I was like, you don't love me. You don't love me. You don't support me. Blah, blah, blah. My mother pulls up. She's front row and center at this talent show. They did the talent show by last name. Of course, last name Washington. So my mother had to sit through all of these acts were all terrible. Ooh. I think there was like one out of maybe 20 acts that was actually good. <laughs> so, oh. and me, I was like, what am I going to do? Sing. Tone deaf. Terrible. Oh, holy night. I'm singing it with a friend. And it was in bed. We were so bad. My mother was in. She was kept her coat, sunglasses on the whole time. She gets up when it's over and she's like, if you ever make me take off of work for something like this again, we will not have food in the house. Wait, she wasn't even one of those, like, you were good. Ramona Marie was not on that bullshit. And I'm glad, I'm glad because she was not Tina Knowles. She was definitely not like, let's keep this going. She was like, you need to find something else. And, and that's why I'm a comedian now. <laughs> you are not Solange. <laughs> okay, how about this now? This is the version from today. You have three callbacks for new comedy networks to come. Your agent then tells you, they went a different way. But then you find out that an offer went with no audition to Marie, your podcast co-host. How would you feel after all those auditions and she gets it with no audition? Honestly, that would most likely happen. That doesn't sound far-fetched. She is undeniably, naturally so talented and funny. She looks amazing on camera. She is like whenever I think of somebody who should be on every show and a star, that's her. So I would be a little sad. I would be like, damn, man. But also it just, I see her in action and it's like, yeah, she deserves it. So you're not really a competitive person. Uh, in my head, but also the depression just be having me like lights out. I'd be like ready to compete, <laughs> but then it's like, just take a nap. <laughs> okay. Go to bed. <laughs> okay. So we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is my last question to you. So I always ask these two questions. If you could tell someone from your high school anything, be it a student, the entire student body, a particular teacher, what would you want to say to them if they were listening to the podcast right now? I think education is important, but I do think the way the system is, it's not set up for us to fucking win. So like, yeah, I, I think your job is important, but I think the system is flawed. And so if you guys, I know you're not getting paid enough to do your job well, but I would hope that you would just do a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like actually get mm -hmm. to know the students and see them as people and not just students, then it could probably take them to another level when they get to college. Mm. Also, don't push college on us. Don't push college on us. The college is not for everyone. We've seen that there's so many people who are making it, who are very successful without college. College is a scam. I, college is a, it's interesting you say that, but the point is having a college degree does help, but the debt you go into, I mean, I guess I would say go to college, but don't go into debt. What about that? That's impossible. How? The only way you don't go into debt is if your family pays off your bill. Can't you do community college just to get the degree? I guess, but then people are looking at your community college like, oh, you went to BMCC? You basically learned, you. Th that's the train of college. Like you're on the six train. Oh God, the yeah. local? Not yeah. even the express? Exactly. 
Okay, that's harsh. I thought it was like the four, <laughs> four or five at least. Okay, how about if there's like a 15-year-old Sydney Washington listening to this podcast through a break in the time-space continuum on what would you say to a young version of yourself? You're going to be dope. You're going to be dope. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. It doesn't matter what sneaker you have on, what pair of jeans. It doesn't matter if you live in a three-bedroom apartment or a one-bedroom apartment. It doesn't matter if you know your dad or you don't. You're fucking dope. You're going to make it. Don't worry. Any practical advice? Like change your tampon more often? No. <laughs> You're going to stand by that toxic <laughs> shock syndrome. You're going to commit to it. <laughs> commit to the bit. Commit to the bit. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, all right. That was super fun. Thank you, Sydney. Thanks, Seth. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is produced by Sarah Esikoff. Our theme music was written by me, Seth Rudetsky, and sung by me and Maggie McDowell. Our band was me on piano, Mark Schmid on bass, Carrie Meads on drums, and Jim Hirschman on guitar. This episode was mixed by Sarah Essikoff. 